Now, because it's Juneteenth, I'm kind of doing this on the fly because I had like a prior worship that I have to do, actually. But I couldn't really write like a full show like I would want to. But what inspired is because I saw this ballot-ass collage on Reddit of like of current like black current and former WWE champions. And what made it really cool, I thought, it was from Raw, SmackDown, NXT. And also, they pulled back from the past, from, like, WCW and ECW. Also, I mean, just kind of like their timeline, as far as wrestling timeline goes, actually. And it was really cool because it had, like, people who were, like, mid-event, mid-card, the tag titles. They had, like, a few women on there, too. And it was, like, such a beautiful form of black excellence. It was, like, so great, you know. But this one, like, poster on the red thread just kind of pointed out, like, oh, this is so great, but we still have a long way to go. Which is kind of true, but, like, how about this, okay? Now, I, as a black man and a black wrestling fan, how about let's take a different take on this today? It's like, how about we just enjoy how far we have come, okay? Instead of, like, whining about, like, how far we have to go, in quotation marks, and all that. I mean, so, and of course, like, but you think about this, actually. So, I mean, in the context, we live in a time when black people couldn't even be world champion. I mean, you know, that wasn't even an idea. This is like going back in the time, like when Bo Brazil, mind you, won the title from Buddy Roger, but like for some kayfabe reason, Buddy Rogers was quote unquote like at wasn't at a hundred percent, and Bo Brazil thought it would be like dishonest for him to win the title when Buddy Rogers wasn't at one hundred percent. Okay, whatever. It's a interesting factor in wrestling history. I mean, so especially if you know who Bo Brazil is, but put this in context here, you know, for the longest time when I was growing up as a fan, I mean, so, Black Talent were probably, like, in tag teams, maybe a couple of, like, regional, like, territory titles, kinda, you know, but never really a world champion, actually, so not in modern times. It's only more recently, because this is, like, what you call, let's call it, like, a form of just, like, evolution, of like wrestling and the evolution of culture and the evolution of black people in the culture and in wrestling also. I mean, I mean, everyone knows about like Ron Simmons and his WCW title ring and his win, and that's really great. So, and some of you might know about like Ron the Truth Killings NWA world title win. Oh, that's our truth to you, WWE kids, FYI, just to let you know. It's so weird, like, that he had one of the most serious wrestling titles in the world, like, so many years back. But he's now known as kind of a comedy wrestler now. But he's probably making more money being, like, a comedy wrestler, being the 24-7, 7-11-367-day champion, as you would say. So, good for him, like, because... As Hulk Hogan once said, like, the best worker is the one that makes the most money. So, give it to Archie for that, I guess, you know. But then you got to look, I'm looking more recently now, and how there was, like, also the big debate about Kofi Kingston 
being supposedly the first, quote, black world champion. But then people don't discount The Rock. Oh, because like he's black and Samoan. And Dwayne, Goss, Dwayne Johnson, God bless him, you know, for some reason he's like, especially along black wrestling fans, as I've noticed, like on Red, online, and our black fans that I meet, he's definitely one of the most polarizing people as far in the history of like black wrestlers. I mean, for some reason, Dwayne Johnson is so polarizing because, and you come from the point of view of saying like, oh, because he wasn't, quote, black enough. Or he talked about more of his Samoan side and stuff like that. You know, for some reason, his father's side was so discounted in his, like, world title runs. Mind you, WWF champion, WWF, like, SmackDown champion also, or WCW champion. I'm not sure about the lineage of that time, but, like, a Rock's like so-and-so world titles is not even funny, like how many he has. But for some reason, he's not in the conversation as someone like some of the best black wrestlers or quote-unquote what's supposed to constitute black wrestling. But then this could go into like a whole like racial gatekeeping conversation, which I don't want to have here right now. But like even in wrestling, we have like our racial gatekeepers like deciding what blackness is in pro wrestling and in life. What the fuck ever. You know? And then we talked about like Booker T actually. So when, when he was like the SmackDown world champion and he was like the five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. We talked about that and he's like supposedly like this example of black excellence. And he is. He absolutely is. So, I mean, you can't really fuck on that. You know what I mean? So, and also because I love the guy because, like, I kind of said something about, like, the best tag team match was Dustin Rhodes and Rick Steele versus the Enforcers, the Catholic Champions. And he kind of pulled on me onto some WrestleMania weekend thing, actually, saying it's going to whip my ass. It was fucking hilarious. And, you know, I, I'm from Texas, like, he is. So, I thought it was, like, hilarious as fuck. But... But we always talk about, like, people, like, more recently, I would say, like, the past 10 years, we live in a time of, like, as far as, like, black women in the sport. I mean, thank God we have, like, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, you have Ember Moon. Or, like, on the other side, you got Kara Hogan on Impact. You also got people in the past, like, Miss Jackie Moore, because... Who would you ever think that, like, two black women would may have been a WWE pay-per-view, actually, with a banger fucking match, you know? And what made it kind of cool, because it wasn't about them being two black women, really, but it was a big part of it, but it wasn't the most important thing, which I thought was kind of cool. It was just a banger match with two great fucking characters throwing shit down and just putting it down there. It was awesome. On that way, too, you know what I mean? And I love it because, like, in this time, because we actually have, like, especially with the most recent WrestleMania, I'm not going to call that the Black WrestleMania, but you could almost call it that, actually, because we have people, like, in the opening match slot, people in the mid-card, people in the main event area. I mean, so, I mean, Black people are all over that 
this past WrestleMania, and it was awesome to fucking see it, you know? And you can have some people like, oh, why does this have to be, like, black and black and black and black and black? Because, like, if you don't acknowledge it, or at least, like, give decent love to it, it goes away, and people forget, and people take it for granted, you know? And this doesn't really happen with, like, other races per se. I mean, you know, even though we should, like, um, that's another, oh, conversation. Ooh, that's another conversation there. But still, 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 still. Especially with Juneteenth, because you have to realize, and this goes back to my original point before I went on my tangent, you know, how about we appreciate how good we have it now? We actually have, like, black talent in the major feds, except main New Japan, probably, at the most, let's be honest here, you know, they are, like, in from the bottom to the mid-card to the main event in certain areas, actually, you know. You got Moose killing it in the upper mid-card in Impact. You got Chris Bay killing the X-Division in there, actually. So, you also have, like, Kiara Hogan, like I said, killing it with, like, Fire and Flavor with Tasha Steele, who isn't, like, African-American, but you know what? She's like Kim Folk. She can come to cookout, you know. She's like an honorary black woman, you know what I mean? So, I say that with much love to, like, Tasha Steele's. And then, like, you have WWE, you have people like Lashley, you have, like, Cedric Alexander, who's killing it. You have Shelton Benjamin, which I don't understand why they broke them up or have them leave the Hurt Business. And you know it's bad when people were, like, literally mad that, like, Shelton and, like, Cedric left the Hurt Business. And I know it was pretty much created to get, like, Bobby over, Bobby Lashley. But it was so sad because they were such a dope crew. I mean, you know. And I'll say is they were like pretty much the full horsemen for like the hip hop generation or like the Drake generation. You know what I mean? Because the whole concept of the Hurt Business was pretty much like four horsemen. The black part wasn't that big of a factor, but it definitely was a part of, of the Hurt Business. Because all the Hurt Business was, was pretty much a WWE version of, like, Impact's um, Beatdown Clan. Except, like, the King King role was played by Cedric Alexander, so. And the low-key role was Sheldon Benjamin. But, same concept, just look up Beatdown Clan Impact Wrestling, you know. And that was, like, Lashley, MPP, Kenny King, low-key, Samoa Joe? I don't think so. But I'm not sure about that last part, though. But um, I'm just saying, looking right now, that we're at a point right now that, like, as far as black creativity, there's, like, so much wealth of black creativity and black influence. I mean, Jesus, let's talk about Brandy Rose for a hot minute. You know what I mean? Because Brandy Rose, even though it's a minor position, she's probably the highest profile, like, non-wrestling black woman. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. In her role as like chief brand officer, Brandy Rhodes is probably one of the maybe the biggest like high-end like wrestling slash non-wrestling like personnel who's a black woman in that position because that's to my knowledge that hasn't been done or being acknowledged in WWE or anywhere where I know of as far as like brand officers or anyone in that position. I've never seen a black woman in that position 
as far as wrestling goes. So, so that's an interesting thing that Brandy got to that. I mean, I mean, the stuff about her creative and like her work rate, that's another different story there that I'll probably have like uh, some wrestling shit about soon, probably, you know. But I'm just loving the creativity. We didn't have like creativity in AEW in like the undercard with like Pineapple Pete. You have like Powerhouse Hobbs and Team Taz. You have, but pretty much like the mid card in like AEW right now is pretty cool actually. You know, it's like with Powerhouse Hobbs being a major talent there and like a couple of brothers that are in the Nightmare family. Lee Johnson, that's his name. Lee Johnson from the Nightmare Family. He's like this cool little black cooler rate. Or like exhibition type of guy that's in like the um Nightmare Family is pretty cool. And once again, yet like Pineapple Pete, who Chris Jericho put over saying like Pineapple Pete, I hate that guy. And that was probably like the greatest run. And that's like a Barry Horowitz type of run for Pineapple Pete. You know what I mean? Him just working with Jericho put him over to such another level. Even though he may not ever win like a title, but because of his work with Jericho, Pineapple Pete is going to be so over. And he's kind of a made man on the lower fringes of the card. Actually, he can go like somewhere like in Georgia or Florida in that area. Just because his time in AW and his time working with Chris Jericho, which is similar to like James Ellsworth working with the now John Moxley back then when he was Dean Ambrose. But um, back then, I just love the creativity that we're seeing right now because all you really want as a wrestler is to see if you can get over with the crowd and have people want to see your match and how overall you're. That's the goal of any wrestler of any color. How over are you? Can you get the match in the ring? Will you entertain the people? Is it enough? And that's what we're seeing right now. We have Bobby Lashley finally being like the badass world champion that he should have been like 10 years beforehand, but he wasn't quite ready for it. So we have to go for like impact, do some MMA, and just kind of grow up a bit. You know what I mean? You have like the iconic Booker T, and I'm of a slightly older generation. For me and, like, my friend, like, Deshaun, he was, like, our Bret Hart, actually. So, you know, he was a black man who could wrestle his ass off. And I'm not talking about the Spitter Rooney stuff. I'm talking about, like, the 360 leg drops he would do, the fucking, like, bangers he had with Chris Benoit. I'm talking about just his shit with Harlem Heat. Jesus Christ. That was just like epic tag team excellence there. What can you do? I mean, so. And Booker T, he is an icon of pro wrestling. Not just like black people in pro wrestling. He's an icon of pro wrestling. He is a legend of the Rufus Aggression era. He's a WCW legend. Icon, legend, whatever you want to call him. If you think of like WCW, he's one of the guys you would think about along with DDP, Goldberg, you know, the NWO and all that. That's who you think about when you think of WCW and their prime and their greatness. I mean, and he's so great. He went to TNA for like a song and he did like deep. 
Lil talked about, but still remember, like, May Event Mafia. You know, he got over that a little bit, you know what I mean? So, and then, how can you not talk about King Booker? How can you not talk about that? Because that is just a legendary fucking wrestling character. That, the scepter, the pinky ring, like the pinky sign, which, yes, Allison K, you stole from Booker T's wife. You did, Allison K. I mean, so, let's be real about that. The pinky's up thing, you didn't invent that. Let's just get that straight. So, and one thing I think it's really cool right now, just to start wrapping this up a bit, because I just went on like a rant, and when I get passionate, I just get out of breath, you know. But then it's great that we actually, like, you have Impact, we sign Moose to, as I heard, a really good deal for the next two years, you know, which you would have never gotten beforehand, you know what I mean? You have, like, people like Powerhouse Hobbs, who's, like, young, up-and-coming guy, who's going to be, like, a mad big guy in a couple of years there, Leif Johnson. But then in WWE, you have, like, Cedric Alexander. Will he be a world champion? I don't know about that, you know what I mean? A Midgard guy? Definitely. But, like, a Mick, but Midgard icon? I don't know about that, but... I mean, Cedric Alexander deserves a little bit more. But then, put this in perspective, Kofi Kingston was totally around WWE when it was still WWF barely for, like, about 17 years. You know what I mean? So, before he finally got, like, his magic moment, you know, Kofi Mania and all that stuff, which is such an amazing story. The aftermath of Kofi Mania, not going to talk about that. But um, I think the creativity that African-Americans and black people have in wrestling will just keep growing and expanding. And it's going to be a really good thing, I feel, you know what I mean, for the future. And we're at a point right now that, like, black people, with the right character or the right presentation, we can be draws in the business. We can be entertaining. We can be like who people want to see. Because for the longest time, we just weren't seen as that. And give it up to Bill Watts, racist motherfucker that he is, that he gave, like, his titles to, like, his black talent in, like, Mid-South and in WCW when he was running that, actually. Even though Ron Simmons wasn't quite, like, the champion, because maybe he wasn't quite ready for that role yet, you know, and... And Bill Watts was doing what he knew. He was trying to pop the crowd. But um, we're at a point right now where, like, the talent is just more creative, is has more of an opportunity to be creative and not try to wire themselves down just to get over. I just honestly think we're going to see, like, a more balanced, like, wrestling card. And as far as, like, creativity, booking, we're going to see a more balanced, like, representation of what the world kind of looks like in our wrestling. It's going to be really great. No matter what just a lot of people think is going to happen, that reality is just not hitting them in the face, that, like, the world is changing in front of them right outside their door. And maybe their little world is getting a little bit darker, you know? 
as far as like the senses goes because it's evolution. I mean, so I mean, it really is. And I like to say this kind of as a black man, I also kind of want to see, you know, elevation of like brown talent, of like Asian talent, of Middle Eastern talent, because they try to do it with like Jinder Mahal a little bit. That experiment didn't quite work. You know what I mean? But I like Jinder Mahal. I liked him as WWF, WWE champion. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, so even though it wasn't a job, but it was like how he was booking. That was the big problem with that, you know. But I'm just glad to see like people in the culture and now in wrestling that it isn't just like the white world of the 1980s and the 70s, mind you, and the 60s and so forth like that, you know. And wrestling is kind of reflecting what the world is. We have like, we've had like a black president. We have a black female Asian black vice president right now. And that's our world right now. You know, this is what it is. And our wrestling should reflect that. Yeah, that's all I got to say on that. I mean, so this is Ian K. Lauren, and this is some black wrestling shit.